You're listening to the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out Play Callers. New episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Hello and welcome back, Tiger's Den listeners. I know it's been a while. We took a little two-week break, but don't worry. There's stuff going on behind the scenes. Good stuff. But um, we're going to go and get started with episode 10 of the Tigers Den. And boy, do we have a great show for you all today. First off, Jim Harbaugh is getting absolutely just railroaded by the NCAA. Also, we have a Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football that's sure to get some buzz and sure to be a great game. All that and more today on the Tigers Den. But now, let's go ahead and get started with everybody's favorite segment, Reese's Weekend Rundown. Go ahead and take it away, Reese. This is the Weekend Rundown. Uh, I'm just going to get it Not started. Not my favorite. With, uh, this, <laughs> this weekend was, this weekend was back, the high school. Folks, we're back. Yeah, this weekend was the high school football playoffs first round. You know, uh, we picked most of these games on Countdown. Uh, I think all these games on Countdown, actually. Um, I just want to get started with Dothan and Mary G. Montgomery. I was really surprised with Mary G. Montgomery winning this game because I know on Countdown, I think all of us picked uh, picked Dothan to win this game. Except for me. Yeah, you were the only one. You were the only one that didn't pick him. Mm. And, you know, it was kind of a surprise. And I just want to shout out Taylor's pick, picking Hoover to beat James. Uh, so- ah! <laughs> 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 Hoover beat James Clemens 42-16. to um, you know, that that was kind of surprising to me to see that Hoover was able to win that big, especially at James Clemens. But you know, was Shubak career day? <laughs> hey, they but, got Megan um, Hewitt next week. That should be an interesting one. That's an easy dub. Easy dub <laughs> for uh-huh. Hoover. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, and then Enterprise blows out Daphne. Uh, that was kind of surprising to a lot of us. Um, you know. We thought Daphne was a decent team and might have played close with Enterprise, but, you know, Enterprise just got the job done at home. And um, I'm looking forward to see what Enterprise can do, you know. I think Enterprise, won't they play the winner of Auburn and Central? They um, play Mary Montgomery next week. Mary Montgomery next at week? Mary Montgomery, so. Wow. Should be an interesting be, one. Yeah, that should be that should be fun, um, especially considering Enterprise does score a lot. Look like Mary, Mary G. Montgomery didn't score as much against that Dothan defense. And then, um, you know, Bob Jones and Hewitt played. Hewitt won pretty big. Just going over the scoreboard, it just looks like a lot of blowouts happened. The closest games were <laughs> Dothan and Mary G. Montgomery and then Auburn and Baker um, were pretty close. But other than that, most of these games were just blowouts. And um, it just looked like the first round was a lot of teams. Like, you know, Central didn't really play anybody. Uh, like Davidson, Davidson, we – already knew that was going to happen with the blowout happening uh especially at central but you know next week auburn and central should be a fun one it's yeah. a rematch biggest game in the state yeah and you know there's other games next week that are notable as well so you know i can't wait to see the second round of the high school playoffs next week we'll be in central for the uh, Auburn and Central game, yeah, hoping I mean, to get a Max and Reese will. Yeah, yeah, Taylor's taking his his. Oh, the Ducks, the Ducks of Oregon. <laughs> yeah, surprise, yeah, surprise. No, that's uh, that's um, that's unfortunate that Taylor's not coming, but you know, 
He's yeah. uh, he's got it better things it. to do. Reese didn't come this last week. Yeah. Why Reese? Wait, what? Oh yeah, I had a, I had a concert to go to. Uh, hey Reese, you were getting into it, bro. I saw your mom's Facebook post. Yes, I was getting into it. <laughs> there you go. I met Morgan Walden. I met Jeff Francoeur there. Um, a lot of lot of baseball celebrities, and um, you know Jimmy Butler was there. Um, Wait, actually. Yes, I'm not. You can go look on his bro, Instagram. Why was Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Bruh. And then uh, Matt. Did he Holcomb. have like the hair that he had on in Media Day. <laughs> no, he was uh, he was sitting in the away dugout by himself. <laughs> the, and then uh, That's Matt, so random. Matt Olson was there. AJ Minter was there. A lot of famous people were at the concert. But yeah, got to meet Jeff Rancor. Nice dude. He's in broadcasting like we are. Yeah, um, that's dope. Yeah. But now I'm going to move on to... Uh, oh, to Jimmy Butler was there because they played the Hawks. Yeah. On the 11th. Mm, yeah. And then um, now I'm going to move on to the Michigan sign-stealing allegations and uh, Jim Harbaugh getting banned for the last three games of the season and including this past weekend, did not coach the Penn State game. Um, but Penn State is too poverty to even come close to beating them. So yeah, yeah and then we saw we saw Michigan's interim head coach break down in tears at the end of the game. Like we did this for you, coach. This but, is what uh, I, said. I mean. Like the the whole stuff with Jim Harbaugh is so stupid. Honestly, I know. like it's, it's so dumb. Like you say allegations. No, they were sign stealing, but so is almost every other. Not even almost. Literally every other. Uh, college football team in some form or fashion is yeah quote unquote sign stealing, otherwise known as scouting. So. Yeah, and then like what I what I don't get is like you know, it's just one guy. It's not the whole team. Yeah, I know. I saw just, the video at like it was like the uh what's it called? It's like the Central Michigan Michigan State game where like yeah. the guy was like yeah you like ducked under or whatever. Yeah, just like I mean, just punish that one guy like <laughs> and don't punish a head coach who like that. That's gonna be the sad thing like. You know, Michigan's probably, I, in my opinion, I think Michigan has a chance to make it to the national championship. 100%. Possibly, possibly win it. And if if that happens, I'm just afraid that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, due to all this stuff, you guys get the uh, national championship stripped of you. And then what's to say if J.J. McCarthy wins Heisman, if he's good enough to win Heisman, what's to say if they if they take that away from him as well? Yeah. And that, that would be That would be bad. And you know we saw all the press conferences on Saturday, especially the Big Ten, the um or the Michigan's president was very irate about what the Big Ten did, and I don't think the Big Ten has any say in this at all. I think no, it's, yeah, it's one hundred percent the NCAA. So. Yeah, I think it's the NCAA, and you know Jim Harbaugh's probably I don't know if he'll go back to the NFL after all this stuff happens. If he like if they just decide to like suspend him for a year or something. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen because I, I mean, Jim Harbaugh's a good coach and he deserves. Uh, he he built this team, you know, like a few years ago. We heard all the rumors about him getting fired, and he, and then all of a sudden he turned the team around and led them to a Big Ten championships and led them to the college football playoff. And it looked like um, in the TCU game last year, it looked like they could have possibly won that. And you know, if they would have played Georgia in the national championship, who knows? Uh, how much closer of a national championship we would have seen last year. Yeah, all I'm going to say is, I mean, 
people, uh, fans of college football and all like college sports know that the NCAA is full of crap. You know, you saw the stuff that they did with Jim Harbaugh earlier in the year, whenever it was like the, you know, what they called Burger Gate, where, you know, they find, yeah. find them for giving a player a cheeseburger. You also saw the stuff with LSU defensive lineman Mason Smith, Tez Walker as well, you know, with the transfer portal stuff. Um, so, but it's a good thing that, you know, this current NCAA staff is, you know, going to be leaving uh, in a couple of years or so. And yeah. so, I mean, like, but, yeah, it's just what what more, what else do we expect from this, you know? I mean, I want to I want to go back on something Reese said about Michigan making the natty. Uh, mm-hmm. Michigan looked rough without Jim Harbaugh. Like that is true. The yeah. offense, I I know you know Blake Corum, one of the best running backs in the NCAA, like carried. But I mean, Michigan just they I knew I knew they were like motivated. They just came out so sluggish, and really Penn State if. James Franklin wasn't the biggest idiot of all time in his coaching decisions. I mean, Michigan could have easily lost the game. Yeah. No, I remember seeing something because I watched that entire game because, uh, you know, I had money on it. For some reason, I put it on Penn State. Well, they they threw the ball eight times. Yeah, they didn't throw it That's once in not the Michigan. half, though. That's they not threw, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan yeah. threw it eight times in the first half, never threw it again. Yeah, no, and I, I just feel like uh, – you know, there's another thing the NCAA is doing now. Like they, they're investigating Lane Kiffin for, um, for kicking a defensive lineman off of his. I saw that. His team, I honestly just because, think Lane's like, the right. So yeah, just no, just because like he wouldn't talk to him or whatever. Just because the honestly, I think Lane Kiffin is more in the wrong than Jim Harbaugh is. Yeah. No. Well, see, the only thing. The only thing they can get on Lane Kiffin is him making fun of mentally ill people, saying. I know, but but Lane Kiffin actually did that. Jim Harbaugh did not was not the one that actually did what they did, and every team does it. Mm. Yeah, no, just, I, agree, I agree. With that. I agree. He didn't that. even he didn't even know about that. That's the sad thing. Like he didn't I mean, even know neither, about it. In my opinion, yeah, neither of the coaches are like completely in the wrong. But yeah, Jim Harbaugh's stuff is completely stupid. Lane Kiffin's, first of all. My thing is because I heard the audio, the audio bite where it was like him cussing out the players, saying, "You know, he kicked off the team, read your rights and stuff like that." First off, I would like to hear the entire audio clip, please, because that clip was like thirty seconds long when it was apparent, allegedly, a thirty-minute conversation. But also, um, you know, when a player goes missing for two weeks and just doesn't respond, like to the coach, I I think that's on the player because especially when. This player's getting NIL money and stuff like that. I mean, it's basically a job at this point. He needs to show up or at least respond to a text message. So I think Lane's in the right as well. But, yeah, this is just more, you know, NCAA stuff. And, by the way, a $40 million lawsuit is is insane. Like, yeah. like nobody in my, in my entire, like, family lineage or people I know have made that money that quickly, like, in their entire lifetime. Like, no, $40 million just, is insane. It's just like um... – you know, in basketball, uh, I like Duke, but I'm sorry. Duke does some stuff that's more illegal than what Harbaugh's doing, and so does Kansas, so does Kentucky, so does all the Blue Blood schools do it, and they don't do anything about it. Yeah, but, that, that, but that's sports. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, like, you know, like you're not – it's not like we're – like, come on now. If we were talking about Georgia, this would be a different story. Kirby, yeah, Smart, like, Kirby Smart would not be, not be banned for three games. Um, they wouldn't – they wouldn't have um, 
they wouldn't have him uh, possibly getting fired or, you know, banning him from a season possibly or taking their national championship away if they won it. Yeah, but in my opinion, I mean, like, I can't remember the last one. I know there are some in recent years, but I can't remember the last NCAA ruling where it was, like, something that was completely out of line, you know? Like, in my opinion, all this stuff, you know, should fly. Now, obviously, yeah. there are certain parameters where if you do something, yes, you should receive punishment 100%. But, like, all this, you know, stuff, oh, he signed stealing, oh, the recruiting violations. It's like, come on, man. We know some schools are higher privileged than others, have more accessibility to certain things. Like, let's just play the game and get on with our day. That's my opinion. So Yeah. But now we're going to move from move from talking about that, and then we're going to talk about uh, some of the action we saw on Saturday and Sunday uh, mm-hmm. with football. Um, first, I just want to get started with, uh, you know, Duke and UNC went into double overtime, 47 to 40, 45. The only thing that got me in that game is – why do you storm the field when you're eight and two? <laughs> I like, saw that. You don't you don't storm the field when you're eight and two and beat a six and three Duke team who's probably gonna end up going six and six because they don't have Riley Leonard for the rest of the year. But I don't get why you storm the field, but you know, that's just I, a even I guess the only the only reason I could see is just because it's a rivalry, you know, and it was a close game. But yeah, I mean, it would be I, like if Auburn beat Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing is it's different, like you're ranked and you really, you there's really no sense of storming the field. If yeah, they they were 100 percent like expected to win that game. Like I if mean, anything, like that game shouldn't have been as close. I mean, it's not as bad as Clemson storming the field after their homecoming game against Western Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that a tradition of theirs though? Yeah, no. Clemson rushes the field like every single game. Yeah, oh, they do. Well, I remember watching the Duke North Carolina game, and right after you know they missed the two point conversion, I saw they showed the fans and like the student section, they were like thinking about it like, storming the field and stuff, and then they started storming it. Um, I think it's just because I feel like there's been the most, like, f- like storm the fields, like, I guess you'd say, this year than any other year. And I think it's honestly becoming, like, a trend almost, you know. But I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, also another team I want to highlight, number one, Ohio State keeps it rolling. Uh, they're they're one of many 10-0 and o teams. Oh, come left. on! They played Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State is Michigan State's got problems themselves. Three and seven, one and six in the Big Ten. Ohio State's schedule: the toughest game they got left is Michigan, and they'll probably end up beating them because you know. Hey, you know ever... That game's gonna be that game's gonna be good. It's gonna be yeah. Good. And then you know, I actually thought Georgia and Ole Miss was gonna be a good game, but Georgia just yeah, ran ran over Ole Miss. I mean. Ole Miss obviously showed us in that game that, you know, they just play good against the weaker SEC teams. Ole Miss showed us in that game that it's going to be Alabama and Georgia for the 15th time. Um, it's, it's Alabama and Georgia every single year, except for the exception Last. when Auburn or LSU makes it. Yep. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, Georgia, Carson Beck's not even – Carson Beck's not even that good, and Georgia, Georgia oh. shouldn't – Okay. 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 Okay, Reese. Carson Beck is good. We can, we can stop hating on Georgia now. Carson Beck is a good yes. quarterback. No, Georgia should not be ten and zero. I think Carson Beck. So first off, I did not know that Brock Bowers was playing that game. I, I didn't either. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought he was at least going to be gone until next week, uh, the Tennessee game. But that was a surprise to me. But um, 
no, Reese, I don't think Carson Beck's bad, but I also don't think he's like, you know, Heisman standards by any means. I mean, you look at who he has around him, Lad McConkey, you know, Brock Bowers, even Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett had really good games. Rosemary Jack Saint, who's been there like forever now. I mean, like, he's got he's got weapons around him. I don't think he's bad. I think he just knows how to do what he needs to do with what he has around him. So Yeah. And then um, you know, always love a good Florida State Miami game. Uh it was close, like I thought it was gonna be. Um I know they showed on game day before um before that even that game even happened. They showed all the uh rivalries between them, the fights that have broken out in those games. Yeah. And, that- you know, it's always been close. Miami's won won a lot. I think Miami's won a lot more than them in that series. That's kind of like the um, Auburn and Georgia matchup of the ACC. Um, Florida State came out winning this this time, so that's yeah. Florida State, Florida State. I don't think has a. Um, I don't think they have a tough opponent left on their schedule. I think. Uh, I think they're going to end up. And the ACC championship is going to be easy as crap because Louisville sucks. Louisville, so, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I feel like obviously they play North Alabama next week, like blowout. Like you know, might as well start the bench warmers. Please the don't game. say they're going to beat Florida because Florida. Sucks. I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to beat Florida. I'm saying it's a rivalry game. Florida has nothing to lose. Is it you in know, the swamp? Graham, what? It's in the swamp. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's gonna be a I'm good saying. one to pick next that's week. What, that's gonna be a good one. Stop that's what I'm saying. No, Reese, listen. Graham Mertz has been able to play well at times. And Travis Etienne, uh, or tra- yeah, Travis, uh, wh- I can't remember which Etienne. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor Etienne has been able to play good at times, and their defense can show up sometimes in big moments. But, I mean, that game, I mean, like I said, Florida has nothing to lose. I mean, they're just playing to win that game. And so, I don't know. Florida State better be ready for that game. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So. And then, you know, Washington and Utah was pretty close for a little the bit. The frauds escape again. <laughs> Washington is not good. Isn't that the fourth week in a row that's happened? Yes, they're yeah. not good. It makes me so mad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I honestly think, and I'll talk about this later, but I mean, I honestly think they could lose at Oregon State this upcoming week. Like, with the, with the Beavers. Beavers. And I never say that because I'm a Ducks fan. Go Beavers. <laughs> yeah, you look at their last couple of matchups. They haven't won – a game by more than 10 points since week four against Cal. Max, they only scored 15 on Arizona State. Yeah, I know. Barely won. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, they, they just keep winning, so it's hard to, like, mark them down. But, I mean, yeah, their luck's going to run out. And I honestly think it could be this upcoming weekend. But. Yeah, we'll see because Oregon State did score a lot against Stanford, but that is Stanford. Yeah. I mean, Oregon State, uh, Utah showed it. I mean – they're, Oregon State's the team that's designed to beat Washington because they're a really like good defensive team that can you know sling the ball around sometimes. You know, DJU is is you know starting to get more comfortable as the season goes along. So I think Utah and obviously the last couple of opponents dating back to Oregon have shown that Washington has weak spots, and I feel like Oregon State could you know expose those. Oregon just got unlucky to to not beat Washington. It was just the kick. That was all it was. Yeah, no. It was literally, was that was that kick to win the game or to tie it? Tie it. It, it would have if he would have uh I think if he would have made it, Oregon would have won. One hundred percent. I mean we've already we've already talked about Oregon led in every stat category in that game. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, and then Bo Nix keeps up his Heisman um his Heisman yeah. canopy uh, against 
or or against USC, Caleb Williams just again fails to uh, fails to win I, a game. I will admit I've slandered USC a lot this season. You know, uh, first off, I'd like to say because I know Taylor wants me to hear me say it. Congrats to Oregon, great game, phenomenal game. But for USC, I mean, like I feel kind of I feel kind of bad for Caleb Williams. I mean, like. Yeah. He is such a he's such a talented player, and obviously he's going to be a high draft pick. I mean, you look at his stats, like you know, nineteen for thirty four, two hundred ninety one yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. I mean, and a rushing touchdown. I mean, like there's I, I saw a play in the red zone where he was literally running around, circling around in the backfield for a solid like eight seconds, and then was able to throw it to the end zone for a score. I mean, because his receivers wouldn't get open, his line wouldn't block, block but he was able to create. Um, but I just feel bad for him, you know, as a player. Because um, USC's – I hope they fire Leak and Riley, honestly. Because they got one more game on the schedule, and it's against UCLA. And I feel like if they lose that game, they have to fire Leak and Riley. Like 7-5 and five at USC with a former Heisman uh, quarterback. I mean, that's just unacceptable. If I was a USC fan, I would want him fired. And so. then who would you hire, Jimbo Fisher? Uh, hell no. But, um, well, I mean, it's just Lincoln Riley doesn't – I don't – I just don't get it because, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously we knew their defense wasn't going to get any better after firing – or not much better after firing their defense coordinator, Alex Grinch, and bringing in an interim. I just think, I mean, there's potential there. Obviously, USC a big brand name, and the fact that – they haven't even gotten close to making the playoffs ever since they became a thing, you know, like 10 or 11 some odd years ago. I mean, that's just insane to me. So I feel like, you know, there yeah. needs to be a switch up. And, I mean, it was the same at Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma, obviously, they had, I would say, you know, better talent uh, whenever Lincoln Riley was there. You know, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, um, all great quarterbacks, all Heismans. But he never was able to win the big games. So, I mean, and that's the same here. So Yeah. And then, you know, Tennessee and Missouri played. Uh, Missouri blew them out. Tennessee, yeah. to me, uh, just, you know, same stuff as last year. Yeah. Um, How about Missouri, though? Like, I what know, a year they're having. Surprising no. us, like, you know. No, no. They're 8-2, and two, Taylor. They're no. Eight and two. I don't care. I don't care. Missouri's not good. I'm not – what? How can you – I mean, this – I disagree with some of your takes, but this one's just – like, how? Like, you look at Brady Cook, uh, Cody Schrader, yeah, they're running back. I mean, no, I just he wanna... now has 1,100 yards on the season that had 300 yards in that game. I mean, Wait, this Taylor... is the very team that was close to beating Georgia last week. No. Taylor, no. What, makes you, what makes you think that they're not good? Like, just explain. Because Missouri would lose to any single team that's in the SEC West. What? That is no. true. Yeah. The only team that they won't lose to is Arkansas. Exactly. They would lose – Max, they would lose to Auburn if they play Auburn right now. I I, I, I disagree. I dis, I have to disagree. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Auburn right now is on the – like they're on a – Auburn train. is on a – no, and, you know – No, they're I'm, not. I'm, next Auburn game, next game, next game. Okay, whatever, whatever you say, Taylor. But Missouri is a good team. Missouri will finish ten. Missouri will finish ten and two, and probably maybe 100%. make maybe make a New Year Six bowl. We'll see. No, awesome. they won't. <laughs> okay, whatever you say, Taylor. Missouri takes the L against Florida this upcoming week. 
the next two games, I'm going to highlight two fraudulent teams, Kansas okay. and Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, there's no way you get blown out by Oof. UCF. Yeah, the Gus who's, Bus. Whose head coach is Gus Mazon. <laughs> Sorry, Gus. The Gus Bus rolls. Yeah, um, you know – that's Four, just forty-five to three is kind of forty-five great. to three is terrible. And then Kansas, I thought you guys were back, and then you guys just disappoint again. I mean, they bro, were Texas never... Tech is not bad though. Like we, it... yeah, Texas they Tech were... played Oregon really close at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean and Texas then... Tech and UCF play next week, so that's... the meeting of the... whoever wins that game, whoever no one cares, game. no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> This guy. Keep going. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oklahoma and West Virginia. Terrible game. That was like the one yeah. worst ones I've ever seen. I, I don't know who thought Oklahoma. that would be close. I wanted Oklahoma to win or Oklahoma to lose. I wanted them to lose, but you know West Virginia just couldn't get it done. Then <laughs> LSU and Florida was close for a little bit, and then LSU just pulled away. You know, Jaden Daniels is him. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. Next game. And by My the way, know. by the way. Auburn got a commitment from Florida after this game because I Florida's yeah. about to start losing commitments because of the fact that they probably won't make a bowl game. Yeah. I low-key think they might fire uh, Billy Napier, honestly. They need, they need to because he's been, like, ever since that Utah game at the start of the year, it's been, like, it's been bad. Like, the, they're really lucky, I think, to have five wins. Like, the five wins they have are kind of – they're kind of a little – they're not good teams. Well, it's not even like they have a terrible team. It's just, yeah, like like you said, I mean. I don't LSU think... needs to fire their defensive coordinator, though. Oh, well, yeah, we've been doing that. Yeah, so. and then, you I know, mean, this Arizona... LSU team, this LSU team, I saw a stat the other day. I mean, Brian Thomas Jr. and Malik Neighbors are miles ahead of where uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were stat-wise at this time of the season, so. I mean, and Jane Daniels has been playing insane. Like, you know, 200-plus passing yards and 200-plus rushing yards is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, if they had somewhat of a defense, like, they would they would definitely be, you know, 9 or 10 wins right now. So Yeah. And then, you know, Arizona escapes a win in Colorado. Colorado will probably not make a bowl game. Yeah. Um, oh, no, they won't. First year of Deion Sanders era, but you know, it's uh it's kind of a win for them, you know, getting four wins on the year, maybe five wins. Um, so that's kind of a win for them, especially where they were last year, one and eleven. But you know, some things to work on next year, um, especially after they had one of their players just decommit from them. They yeah, all uh, Winston Watkins. Mm-hmm. I'll foreshadow one of my upcoming segments. Dion might not be at Colorado next year. Mm. Okay. And then finally, we see Iowa's offense score more than ten points in a game. Yeah. It took them a while, but you know, I heard. I heard though, if they um they they would have to average twenty five points per game for their offensive coordinator to not get fired. So I think they're going to fire him at the end of the year. I mean, um, that's another team. Whereas if they had somewhat of a competent offense i mean i was a team that's you know possibly nine ten wins because their defense is lights out yeah they're still gonna make the big 10 championship though yeah i know (laughs) yeah and then um i don't i still don't know how two lanes in the ap poll or in the college football playoff poll at all um i don't know how you barely beat tulsa but you know 
yeah, that's another story for another day. Um, but I'm going to get to NFL now. Something interesting. Um, the Texans and Bengals game was outstanding. Yeah. CJ Stroud should win rookie of the year. Um, you know, he's honestly in the MVP can- MVP uh, race. In my no, he's not. No, he's yes, he not. Why is he not? Why is he not? Bro, because the Texans has have are gonna have nothing to play for. They're not even gonna make the playoff, Max. They're five and four. Bro. Okay, the Jaguars are in their division. The Jaguars are better. The Jaguars just lost, so they're one game. Okay, apart. I don't care. I, the, the Jaguars, Jaguars are better. CJ Stroud is not gonna win the MVP, Max. They win rookie of the year, but MVP he might finish like top ten possibly. Yeah, I think he'll finish in the voting. 100%. Um, and then you know the Vikings. Joshua Dobbs keeps it up. Uh, almost a comeback. I watched the end of that game to see if the Saints would come back, but, you know, didn't happen. Derek Carr and Michael Thomas, you know, brick thrower, got, uh, he got, uh, he got injured. But, yeah. And then the Steelers, Steelers, uh, keep rolling 6-3 and three now after beating the Packers 23-19. to 19. Um, you know, Steelers, there's a chance that that division, the AFC North, every team could make the playoffs after, uh, after what I saw um, from the Browns today, the Browns came back and ended up winning against the Ravens, which was a real shocker. Um, yeah. With that game-winning field goal. And then, like Max said, the Jaguars lost today. Uh, they lost 34-3. to um, And then, you know, Kyler Murray came back um, this week. He didn't, he didn't do bad. He didn't do good. He, he was all right. Uh, Cardinals did get the win against the Falcons. I think the Falcons might fire Arthur Smith now. Um, yeah, they should. At least they used Bijan today, though. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they uh they did um because you know all that I don't even know what that was for anyway for them not using him. It was just like I, guess I know just... that really messed you up in fantasy Reese. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he finally got some points today. It doesn't even matter anymore. My my season's over. Yeah, because I'm um, beating you by 35. Yeah. Because I started Justin Fields and thought Justin Fields was going to play and forgot to change him. <laughs> uh, That's fault. Yep. Um, and then the Lions keep it rolling 7-2. and two. Um, You know, Lions possibly, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of thinking they might be the number one seed in the NFC or in, in the NFC side for the playoffs. If only the Eagles weren't, you know, didn't exist. So I know I mean, the Eagles exist. I'm saying the Eagles might lose a game or something. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it's not going to happen. That's all I'm saying. So Lions are a good team. They're going to win their division, but oh yeah, for sure their division's poverty. Yeah, but um, and then the Cowboys and Giants game was not fun at all. Like that was. The worst game I've ever seen. Whoever decided to make that America's Game of the Week, whatever the hell that means. Is that what it was? Or I thought it was the Commanders. Yeah, they called it America's Game of the Week. Bro. I was like, what? Fox has got to gotta stop with these games of the week. Like The Giants were starting Tommy DeVito. Like, <laughs> I thought I thought Thursday I thought Thursday night football was worse, but you know obviously obviously it was a uh, game of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Seahawks won. Um, <laughs> what do you? What just happened, Taylor? You good? Bro, Max, check your text, bro. Yeah, I, I saw, it, I saw, it, I saw it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, that Seahawks game was good. I mean, 
Sam Howell looked decent, but Kenneth Walker finally did something in fantasy, dude. Yeah, I feel I know. B- no, I feel bad for the Commanders because you know they've they've had a lot of close games this year and they can't they can't win them. They yeah, should be, they should be like six and six and four, seven and three, honestly, if they would win those close games. One hundred percent. Anyways, is that is there anything else, Reese, that happened this weekend? No. What are you babbling about, Max? I'm not babbling about anything. I'm good. I, I can hear you laughing in the background. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. No, I, th- right. I think you're. I think you're not good. <laughs> no, nah, I'm great. Next segment. Do the weekend right. rundown of Max's booty. <laughs> okay, buddy. All right. Okay. Next. Segment. What's the next segment, Max? Um, let's see. Um, I'm hearing the refs coming onto the field to blow the whistle. Blow the whistle, ref. It's time for the team huddle. Take it away, Taylor. Huddle up, because it's time for Taylor's team huddle. All right. So you know, go, after week eleven, you know, a lot of the conference races are getting a little close. Uh, some teams have clinched. Some conferences are still up for grabs, such as the Pac-12, Big Ten, you know, all those conferences. But one conference I want to highlight is actually the Big 12. Mm. So my team huddle this week is the Kansas State Wildcats. Hey, let us listen for a second. Yeah. The Wildcats travel to the cross-state rival this weekend to play the Jayhawks. And this is a super important game, not just for Kansas fans, Kansas State fans, but for Big 12, like all teams in the Big 12. You may be questioning why I'm doing this over a lot of other teams that may deserve it, but this the Big 12 race is super close for that second championship spot in the Big 12 championship. There's a four-way tie for second and a three-way tie for third. And this Kansas State team has two of the biggest games of their season against two of those four tied for second place. Of course, Texas is at the top, and we'll stay there, has already clinched the Big 12 championship. But we thought it'd be Texas-Oklahoma rematch, but since Oklahoma fell off the face of the earth, you know, the Big 12 is wide open for the Wildcats. I mean, they only have three losses, and two of them were by three points, and then one was by eight to Oklahoma State. And all three of their losses are three teams now ranked in the AP Top 25. I'm huge on the senior quarterback, Will Howard, with 21 touchdowns and eight interceptions, and he's shown out all four years of college, and he has three-plus touchdowns in the past four games against great opponents. This team also looked amazing against Texas, almost knocking off that upset, only losing by three. This defense is also ranked in the top 25 in almost any, every stat, and they're only allowing 20 points per game to an offensive conference in the Big 12. I know that the Wildcats, they're out of the playoffs, they're out of New Year's Six Bowl, they're not going to do any of that, but if they can rally and make this Big 12 championship after these two games, I mean, we could see a repeat of last year when they knocked off the heavy favorite TCU, just make it the other Texas team with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. So, they need to huddle up with their star coach, Chris Kleiman, and continue the streak of having the most victories against AP Top 25 teams in the Big 12 the past 10 years. And the NCAA, excuse me. What are y'all's thoughts? And go Wildcats. Uh, I don't think this is a bad shout-out at all. I mean, like you said, this Kansas State team has looked great recently. I mean, they beat Baylor. They beat the brakes off of Baylor, you know, 59-25 to this past weekend. Obviously, Baylor's, you know, not at all a great team this year by any means. 
But I mean, you know, huge win. And then, like you said, I mean, they're you know they're three positions away from being undefeated. You know, because you lose by three to Missouri uh, off of a game-winning field goal. Then you lose by eight to Oklahoma State, and then you lose by three to Texas. So I mean, you know, the if the chips fell their way, this could be a team that's one hundred percent in the playoff conversation. But um, you know, coming up, yeah, like you said, they go away to Kansas. I actually, I thought that game was going to be at Kansas State, but I was wrong. They go to Kansas. They go to Lawrence, but that should be a great game. Six o'clock uh, kickoff time. Um, I think I think Kansas State should be favored in that game. I'm checking the spread right now. Kansas State is favored minus seven and a half. I think that's a winnable game. Um, now I do think because they lost to it's weird. So because like you said, the Big Twelve is wide open right now, except for obviously Texas is going to make make it to the Big 12, and if they win that championship game, possibly the playoff. But, I mean, since they lost to Oklahoma State, um, it's it's weird because if they lose, if they win out, if they win out, they might need Oklahoma State to lose one game because they lost to Oklahoma State directly. Although Oklahoma also lost to Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma and Kansas State don't play at all. So this is one of the tough parts like where you don't have divisions in your conference to where you don't play some teams, then you end up tying. And Kansas State, I think after uh, the conference and then the head-to-head, I think it just goes to overall. So, I mean, I could be wrong 100%, but, yeah, like you said, Kansas State, I mean, early on in the season with that loss to Oklahoma State, I mean, not a lot of people – or that loss to Missouri, then the loss to Oklahoma State – a lot of people counted the Wildcats out, but they proved recently, you know, that they should still be in it, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But Reese, what's your thoughts? Oh, uh, you know, yeah, I like I like the take on Kansas State. Uh, I think Kansas State will be a uh, if they make the big uh, Big Twelve championship. I think it's gonna be fun. We've seen them in the Big Twelve championship before. Last year we saw them; they shocked uh, TCU in the Big Twelve championship. And then TCU still made the playoff for some reason. Yeah, that was odd. I don't know how they did. But, um, yeah, TC, uh, that game last year was nice to see them play in it. I think if they get in it this year, it should be another fun one uh, to watch them go against um, Texas. That should be fun yeah, to watch. Do they almost beat. So. Yeah, and, you know, if we see another rematch again, who knows, Kansas State could come out on top. They always show out in the Big, Big 12 championship, seems like. But, yeah, no. Kansas State, um, you know, they're a team that, like you said, Will Howard. I mean, they had a lot of hype coming into this year. It's not like this is a Kansas State team that's by any means, like, doesn't have talent. Like, they have a lot of talent. Will Howard, they return a lot of, you know, defensive starters from that last year team. Obviously lost Deuce Vaughn, um, a couple wide receivers, you know. But, I mean, this is a team that, like you said, can make some noise coming up in the upcoming weeks. Don't be surprised if they – knock off Kansas, and then go to the Big 12 championship. But the huddle's over. The ref blew the whistle. Team's coming back onto the field. And I think it's actually Max's turn with the main matchup. Let's see what it is. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for Max's main matchup. All right. So for the main matchup today, like I said in the open, we've got this upcoming Monday night football, which obviously we record these Sunday night. So by that time, this game still wouldn't have been played. But I just gotta talk about it. I mean, we won't be able to pick it, and I try to, I try oh, to make this name. Oh, <laughs> sorry. 
I, I try to make this – no, you're good. I try to make this main matchup one of the ones that we don't do in prize picks. And so it's this one. I'm going to go ahead and quickly run the numbers down for you all. Going into this game, I mean, the Eagles will be 8-1 and one and 4-1 and one in away games. The Chiefs will be 7-2 and two and 4-1 and one when at home. Obviously, it's in Arrowhead. Uh, currently, the Chiefs are favored minus 2.5 going into that game, um, over under 47.5. But, I mean, Arrowhead Stadium, one of the, you know, loudest stadiums. The fans there claim it to be the loudest stadium. But this is a game that has the potential to be one of the best games this year. Not only the regular season, but as the numbers stack up right now, it's also set to possibly be a rematch in the Super Bowl uh, this year, just like it was last year. Now, we all remember how it went down last year. You know, Kansas City drives down the field. They're down by, I think it was one or two points they need a field goal to win the game and uh throw it back corner to juju smith schuster and uh not a catch but a flag and you know so the chiefs end up you know getting set up nicely to kick the field goal and they kick it and then jalen hurts can't throw it more than 40 yards so i mean eagles aren't able to complete the hail mary and the chiefs win now this eagles team if anything in my opinion they might be better than last year's team and i'll tell you why DeAndre Swift is a player that has stepped up huge for them. Last year they had Miles Sanders. Obviously went to the Panthers and Sucks. we know how we know how yeah. I was I was gonna try and put it nicer than what Reese just said, but yeah, he he hasn't had the greatest season this year. You know, he's had a lot of injuries. That's been a common occurrence in his career. They're all but fake. I mean you get De- you get DeAndre Swift, a player who at the beginning of this year wasn't even expected to start a running back for them. It was Kenneth Gainwell. But Kenneth Gainwell came out uh, because of an injury. I think it was a Thursday night football game, and DeAndre Swift came in, had a great game. Then you got A.J. Brown as well. A.J. Brown's balling out, you know, trying to um, catch up to Tyreek Hill. He's the number one receiver right now. Um, But you also got Devontae Smith. Um, Their defense as well is amazing. I mean, Jalen Carter was a steal. Like, that was almost highway robbery what they got with, I think it was the eighth overall pick. I mean, Jalen Carter obviously had some off-the-field issues, but, I mean, you know, he was obviously one of the most physically gifted players in that class, and he doesn't even start for him. He comes off the bench, but he still has great stats this year. Um, defensive line, you know, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Joshua, and Brandon Graham. I mean, Brandon Graham, you know, is a guy that's been there for 15 years. He's an experienced guy, but he's still really good. Jordan Davis, obviously, just monster, huge. Um, from Georgia, and they're nicknamed the Philadelphia Dogs because they have five starters that come from Georgia. So, I mean, you know, this Eagles team's really good. And then you look at this Chiefs squad. I mean, and this Chiefs squad is, you know, better than ever. They're playing their best football, and they got Taylor Swift on their side. You know, I mean, ESPN loves them for that, and the refs love them as well. But anyways, enough of the controversial stuff. This team is actually really good. You know, they got the usuals, though. Not many changes. Got Patty Mahomes, got Isaiah Pacheco, who's really, you know, come up strong in these recent weeks. Travis Kelsey as well. And then they also, I want to shout out there because, you know, their receiving core has been one of the big things that has been bashed this year. And I'm not going to lie, it, you know, obviously isn't great. But they have had, you know, certain guys, certain young guys and some veteran guys who have been riding the bench for a while. Racy Rice. Yes. You you stole the words out uh, out of my mouth. Um, you know, Rasheed Rice, the um, draft pick from this year's class, the rookie, four touchdowns, same as Travis Kelsey, just a little bit less yards. But he's come up big. Justin Watson, also 
pretty good. I mean, just certain guys that are all able to, you know, able to play in big moments. And I'm looking at, you know, their roster right now, and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have nine different receivers with a touchdown this year. So, I mean, that's really good that you're able to, you know, give Patty Mahomes those options. And so this will be a big game. I honestly think that the Chiefs will win this game just because it's an arrowhead. And just because, I mean, this is a game that was circled on their calendar, circled on everybody's calendar coming into the season. But, I mean, you know, this is going to be a great game. Super Bowl rematch. Everybody's going to be watching it. Monday Night Football, what are y'all's takes on this upcoming game? Oh, Taylor Swift dies. (laughs) Yeah, Taylor Swift will be in attendance. So, scratch that. Uh, We might not be watching the game, but, you know. I'm not because they're going to be here every five seconds. They're going to be showing, showing her every five seconds, and I'm not watching the game because I'm sick and tired of Taylor Swift. Oh, she like oh, – Reese, we also have choir practice, so we can't watch the game. Good. Oh. <laughs> Good. I hope, I hope our plane loses uh, loses altitude and descends. Okay, Reese. <laughs> we, don't need to, we don't need to wish on people's death any more than we need to. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my take. Um, I have to disagree with you, Max. The Eagles, you know, great team, beating great teams too. Had that tough loss against the Jets as their one loss. But, I mean, beat the Cowboys last week by inches. Beat the Commanders, beat the Dolphins, beat the Buccaneers, beat the Vikings too. The Vikings have actually come up huge in these past few weeks to become second place in their division and a wild card hopeful. But this Eagles team, I mean, they've just played better teams and they've proven – why they deserve to have this big matchup on Monday Night Football. And why do they – I mean, they could easily win. The Chiefs, you know, have beat, I mean, good teams as well, but just by not as big of a margin. Only beat the Dolphins by seven. I mean, lost to the Broncos. I mean, who loses to the Broncos? Yeah, that but is a great point. Also only beat the Jaguars 17-9. to I just don't believe in this Chiefs offense this year, you know, with the absence of Tyreek Hill. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, has actually thrown a lot of interceptions compared to what we usually see. Uh, it'll be rocking an arrowhead, but, I mean, A.J. Brown for the Eagles is going to come up huge. Probably going to have about three touchdowns and, like, 400 yards in the Chiefs' secondary. The Chiefs' front seven is amazing, but when you get to down to their secondary, I mean, their cornerback room is not the best. So give me these Eagles receivers having a field day and the Eagles winning by a game-winning field goal. I mean... Like I said, this game's going to be absolutely electric. Either of these teams, I mean, this is a coin toss of a game. Last year's Super Bowl was a coin toss of a game. So uh, I don't know who's going to come out on top. But uh, one thing to watch in this game is Nicobe Dean is listed as questionable. You know, the starting middle linebacker for the Eagles this year has been playing some great football so far. But he was diagnosed this four days ago. He was diagnosed. Uh, with a least Frank sprain and will likely be placed on injury reserve soon. So, I mean, coming in for him will be uh, Nolan Smith, who's gotten some reps this year. Obviously, he was the game day guest picker, um, also a Georgia Bulldog. But, um, no, we'll see We'll see what happens in this game. Like I said, it's just a matchup that you cannot miss if you're a football fan, and I can't wait to watch it. But that's going to do it for main matchup. And now, Reese. Hit us up with our newest segment, Top 10. Who's first, who's last, and who's in between? This is Top 10. Yep. This is our, I think, our third week doing Top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I think today we're going to do a little bit of college football, a little bit of Heisman, and a little bit of NBA all-time, like NBA all-time players. And um, maybe I'll just correct you there just real quick. We're doing Heisman, then top 10 NBA players of all time, and then top 10 NBA teams right now. So All right. Yeah. All right. Yep. We're going to do those. So let's get it started with Heisman. Um, Top five. Awesome. Top Top five. five. We're doing top five Heisman. So... My number one, I think it should be everybody's number one, Bo Nix. Um, <laughs> this is the only reason I wanted to do this segment today. Only I know, freaking Trust reason. Me, I know. Trust he's me. playing. He's playing too good to not be up there at number one. Um, Ten touchdowns in the past two games. Ten total touchdowns. Yes, uh, he's playing great. Um, you know, Oregon. Oregon, I still think, has a shot. In my opinion, I think Oregon still has a shot at the college football playoff if Washington loses and if uh, either Florida State or somebody else loses in the top four. Um, and then my next person, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna have to go with um, Phoenix. Bro. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I, mean, I mean, I'm the way he's playing. I'm still gonna have to go with him at two. Yeah. And then three. Ooh, three's gonna be a hard one, honestly. Um, it really shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. What? Oh, Daniels. Yeah, D- Jaden Daniels. Yes. yes. Jaden Daniels is my three. Um, my four, honestly. I feel like four isn't that hard either. Yeah. Four. I want to put Ma- four. I'm gonna put McCarthy. No. Okay. Hey, hey, it's his top ten. We'll discuss after, but McCarthy, McCarthy, is- those like. In my opinion, I think McCarthy's played really well, and I think he deserves. Bro, to be did you high. see his stat line against Penn State? That's against Penn State. What okay. will he do? What will he do against Ohio State? Nothing. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see in two weeks, buddy. Yeah. He'll do worse. No, he won't. Okay, number four. I already did number, er, number five. Sorry. Number five. Number five. Lucky number five. Um, Bro. number five. I'm gonna, you know, number five. I'm gonna have to keep it. Uh, honestly, number five. Let's see. I'm trying to think of guys. I'm not putting Williams in the top five. He didn't even deserve. Good. To be yes, he's not. He's not. Doesn't, in the- doesn't even deserve to be top ten anymore. Um. I'm thinking. What What do you think, Reese, for top for number five? I'm still thinking number five. Man said he wrote his script. Huh. <laughs> it should be a Reese, skill position. Say someone! <laughs> Milo! Bro. <laughs> he can't make this up. <laughs> This man just sold so Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me get with my top five. Uh, obviously, Bonix at one. Uh, Bonix at one. You know, his his stats just speak for themselves. And, you know, Oregon still has a chance at the college football playoffs. I mean, you look how he did against USC. You now, obviously, USC, not a great defense by any means. But 23 for 31, 412 yards, four touchdowns. And then he also had a rushing touchdown. Or actually, he didn't. He had two rushing touchdowns against Cal, though, the previous week. Yeah, he and did. Then, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, he's only had one interception in his last five games, only two this season. So, I mean, you know, stats speak for themselves. Bonix at one. Um, number two, I have Jaden Daniels instead over Phoenix, simply because Jaden Daniels, to me, is the best player in college football right now. Like, like you know, he's the best college football, most athletically gifted. It's It just sucks for him because his team around him isn't great, you know, at least on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, 30 touchdowns this year, most by any player in the country. I mean, that's just passing touchdowns. He has four interceptions. Um, but, you know, he's having to do, you know, all the all the dirty work on offense. But, I mean, you just look at his stat line against Florida. I mean, I was watching him out there. Even against Bama before he got injured, he was just going crazy. I mean, 234 rush yards and two touchdowns against Florida on the ground. And then against Bama, 163 rush yards and one touchdown. I mean, you know, he's just been putting up insane numbers. And he's obviously probably not going to win it because they're not going to give it to him because his team's not in contention for anything. But, I mean, he just – he's the best player in college football right now. Um, number three, I got Michael Penix Jr. Um, simply because he's on Washington. And, I mean, you look at Utah. I mean, that's a game that obviously they could have lost. But he did make the throws at the right times to help them win that game. I mean, you know – uh, there were there were obviously you know some times where he had some missed throws you know and that's obviously counts against him but in certain times when it was like third and long or fourth and long or whatever and they had needed to convert he would throw it to you know the human vacuum of Roma Dunze so I mean you know Michael Penix Jr. at three number four I have a guy that um, Reese didn't mention Marvin Harrison Jr. Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. has Thank played you, lights out. Lights out these last three games. Bro, this man it- said Jalen Milrow over. <laughs> he had he, Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. had three total touchdowns last game, all in the first quarter. And then he also has had a total of, um, let me do the math. He's had a total of seven touchdowns the last three. So, I mean, he, is, he has been lights out in. The thing about it is, I mean, obviously he's not, you know, he's at 1,000 receiving yards, but the way, you know, LSU receivers are playing this year and, you know, certain other receivers, I mean, that's not even top 20, which is crazy. But um, it's just the reliability that he's had. I mean, you look at these last couple of games, mark out that Rutgers game. I mean, he's had four four straight games with 100-plus yards. I mean, against Penn State, he had 162, his best – game of the year, and that was their biggest game so far this year. So he's just a clutch player and really love Marvin Harrison Jr. He's number four. Number five, I have a guy that also Reese didn't mention, Blake Corum. Blake Corum has been lights out as a running back. I mean, obviously he hit a stretch there um, where he wasn't doing so great, except now that I look at it, he wasn't doing great from a yardage standpoint, but he has had a touchdown. Let me see here. Let me see here just to make sure. Um, he has 18 touchdowns this year. He's had a touchdown in every single game this year. He had two against Penn State, three against Purdue, one against Michigan State, two against Indiana, and the list goes on and on and on. I mean, specifically this Penn State matchup, I mean, he was just dominant. I mean, like we said earlier, Michigan, they didn't have anything going offensively. They didn't even pass the ball once in the second half just because – uh, Blake Corn was doing so good. He also has Donovan Edwards beside him. Uh, so, I mean, the stuff that he's doing right now is just completely impressive. And there's going to be opportunity to keep showcasing his skill set uh, when it comes to that Ohio State-Michigan game. 
and then if they win that Big Ten championship, and if they win that playoffs. So Blake Corm, I got him at number five. Now Taylor, who do you got as your top five Heisman candidate right now? So me and Max um, agree on all of our top four in the same exact order. Bo Nix, the goat. Uh, seeing him this Saturday, love you, Bo. Uh, sign my jersey. Uh, number two, Jane Daniels, like Max said, second best player in college football under, of course, Bo Nix. Um, but LSU, you know, not contending for a lot. So, I mean, it's going to be hard to give it to him. Um, number three, Michael Penix Jr. I don't want to talk about him. Number four, Marvin Harrison Jr., old reliable, like Max said, uh, carrying this Ohio State team to the number one seed or number one ranking, excuse me. Then number five, I actually have a guy that both of y'all didn't say. I have the Florida State quarterback, Jordan Travis. Um, Jordan Travis has been great all season. Um, he's kind of let up since that LSU game. You know, LSU game he played in, absolutely insane. But with his weapons around him and the way that this Florida State team is absolutely dominating, dominating the ACC and almost a lock for the playoff at this point, in my opinion, um, I think Jordan Travis is going to be hard to catch. Um, I was thinking about putting Carson Beck, you know, for Georgia. Um, I don't know why Reese called him bad at the beginning of the podcast. Um, and Georgia, like similar, dominating the SEC, probably going to make the playoff if they can beat Alabama. But number five is Jordan Travis. Reese, give us your top ten NBA rankings, even though none of us will be listening. Top ten NBA players of all time. Yes, yes. NBA players of all time. Uh, I'm going with Michael Jordan, obviously, at one. Yep. Um, that's an obvious choice. Um, honestly, I'm gonna have to put I'm gonna have to put Kobe Bryant at two. Oh my! What? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? You're booted off of your. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no. Bro just said. Bro just took the whole MJ LeBron James argument and just threw it out the window. <laughs> no, anybody would anybody would pick that. I've seen plenty of people pick that. They picked. Kobe Bryant over LeBron. Kobe Bryant over LeBron James. Okay. Kobe Bryant's not even in my top ten. Okay, that's there's that's no a bit way. Of but no, that's, there's no we'll, way. We'll let you cook. We'll let you cook. We'll let you cook. You might be burning the kitchen down, but we'll let you cook. And then I'm gonna put I'm gonna put LeBron at three. Okay. And then Jesus. four. Four. I'm gonna. I'm honestly gonna put um. I'm gonna put Magic Johnson at four. Where's ah! Kareem? Kareem. Kareem. <laughs> All right, keep going. Keep cooking. Kareem's keep... at five. Okay, there you go. And then now we're six, six is um six. I'm gonna have to go with Larry Bird. Not horrible. I I'm waiting for a name. Seven, Steph Curry. Ah! Ah! No Russell. No, he just died. Oh, no, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Let, eight, let him cook. Eight, Bill Russell. <laughs> okay. Nine. Is um, oh, I gotta think of a, gotta think of a good one. <laughs> think hard, Reese. Think hard. There's a name that you haven't said. Don't tell him, Max. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. I know. Him. I won't say because I feel like he's repeating just what I'm saying. Nines, Wilt Chamberlain. Thank you. Thank you. Might have just and saved then, it. Who's ten? Um. Hmm. I gotta think. I'm thinking like I'm thinking like way back. Yeah, think like not, hard. Think hard. Not too far back, but like way, like maybe, maybe eighty ish, ninety ish. Okay. Um. Cook, cook. 
<laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Trying to think. Um, I'm thinking way back. Like, I'm not. I'm not doing this generation. Um, Jesus, what? Who is it? I'm thinking. Okay, think. Think faster. Write a script. So you don't have to think. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go with. Uh, honestly, y'all, y'all are probably gonna dog on me for this one, but I'm gonna go with. Nicole Jokic. Bro! <laughs> no way! No, Reese, you're high, bro. No, Reese, there's something in your body that doesn't need to be in there. Oh my god. Trying to pose myself and do my top ten. MJ one, LeBron two. Obviously, take a disabled person or not a, a dumb person to you know say otherwise. Um, yeah. Uh, number three, I got Kareem. I mean, overall, just stats speak for themselves. Uh, Bucks, Lakers, everywhere he went, he was good. Fours, Bill Russell. I mean, you look at all the championships that he won. I mean, I know he played in like you know back when they. I don't even know. But number five, I got Wilt the Steel, Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, 100-point game, just dominance. Number six, Magic Johnson. I mean, the Lakers, just watch the show called Winning Time on HBO Max. You'll see why he's number six. He's a great player. Number seven, Larry Bird. Uh, in my opinion, best 3 and D uh, player of all time. I mean, you could compare – you could you could say Curry to challenge <laughs> – <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number eight, I got Kobe Bryant. I mean, one of the most electric players of all time to play on the court. And then you see the championships. You see the 84-point game, last game of the, his career. I mean, just all-around great player. Um, number nine, I got Tim Duncan, which is a guy that Reese didn't include. Uh, Spurs, you know, he's best Spurs player of all time easily. I mean, not single-handedly because he had Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, plus other, you know, uh, key, you know, position players. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Well, did Kawhi ever play with Tim? Yeah. He was okay. on that finals team that Tim Duncan okay. won. Gotcha. So, yeah, but D- Duncan was the leader of that team, so he's at number nine. And then number ten, I have Shaq. Um, Shaq also part of that team with Kobe and one of the most dominant big men of all time. I mean, like, you know, stats speak for themselves. I mean, when he was on the Magic, he had literally no one else. I mean, he had some barbers that were playing. Bro, he had Penny Hardaway. He did have Penny. Now thinking about it, he did have Penny. But Shaq, number 10. Um, I, I, At least I didn't say Jokic. That's all I got to say. Now, <laughs> Taylor, go with your top 10. All right, number one and number two, uh, the same. I mean, honestly, I, I, I will say this. I mean – Based on when, so I grew, I'm, I was born in 2006, so I kind of, 
I didn't watch basketball until I was a little bit older, so I kind of missed prime, prime LeBron, you know, like early yeah. Cavs and the Heat days, and then early uh, second tenure with Cavs. But based on when you where you grew up, I was telling Max this, I mean, you can put you can interchange MJ and LeBron all you want. I just think MJ is overall uh, slightly better, but I think LeBron, by the time he retires, will get there. So one MJ, two LeBron. Three, I have Bill Russell over Kareem. Just because, I mean, you got to take championships into account here. Bill Russell with 11 of them. Yeah. Uh, but, again, Bill Russell and Kareem, you could interchange those two. Uh, with doing old players like this, I mean, we didn't get to see them personally. Uh, not a lot of people got to see them personally because they're so old. They played against plumbers. But number four, <laughs> Kareem. Number five, Wilt Chamberlain. Absolute domination when he played. Um, number six, Magic Johnson. Great player. You know, uh, made a little bit of a bad of bad decisions off of the court, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Magic Johnson, number six, number seven. I have Tim Duncan. I actually have Tim Duncan higher. Tim Duncan, one of the most dominant post players of all time. Great leadership. Uh, even when he was like, you know, getting up there in age, he still led the Spurs to the uh, championship. And Tim Duncan, just you know, really great player. Number eight, I have Shaq. Um, also, an, another just dominant force, kind of like Wilt Chamberlain, you know, could just absolutely break the goal. Like, if you can break the backboard on your dunk, you know you're pretty powerful. You know you're a good player. Yeah. Um, number nine, I have Larry Bird, uh, the greatest white NBA player of all time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Larry Bird, absolute stud on and off the cor court. He had swagger. He had everything. Then number 10, I have someone that both of y'all didn't say. I have Dirk Nowitzki at number 10. Ah. Uh. I Led thought, I, the Mavericks team to beat LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. I mean, that's pretty dang impressive. I know he had Jason Terry and Steve Nash with him, but Dirk, great post player. Him and Tim Duncan both interchangeably greatest post players of all time. And Dirk, the European legend, makes rounds out my number my top ten. Reese, take him away with your number ten ranking <laughs> of the NBA right now. <laughs> Hey, listeners, a little button here. We're experiencing some technical difficulties. Reese had to go do something. So the end of the podcast is going to be me and Max. Max, give us your top 10 NBA teams right now, about 10 <laughs> games so or, or so into the season. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get my top 10 started. Um, obviously, we did it at the beginning of the season. We had our top 10 predictions. And I'm not going to lie, my predictions are you know pretty good so far right now. I mean, Going into the season, I had the Nuggets at number one, and that's where they're going to stay. I have the Nuggets at number one this week. Um, the, obviously, they've started off the season. I mean, they've done good. They actually lost today, though, but they've looked like the best team in the league right now. I mean, the second-best overall record behind the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, they returned all their starters, so, I mean, what else did we expect? And then second, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I had them at seven coming into the season, so they've kind of impressed me, but I honestly think it's because of that move to get James Harden out of Philadelphia and how quickly they made that move. And honestly, I mean, it's obviously benefited them for the better. I mean, they're 8-1. and one. They're undefeated since he's left the team, uh, or he was traded to the Clippers. And, I mean, Tyrese Maxey dropped 50 today. So, I mean, you know, what else do you want if you're a 76ers fan? And obviously, Joel Embiid's going to be, you know, the he's going to be great. You know, he's Joel Embiid. And Nicholas Batum, I want to shout out him out. I mean, he's one of the 
few players that they got back. They mostly got picks back from that trade for Harden. But he's now starting at power forward for them, and he's honestly been playing pretty solid basketball so far uh, throughout these couple of games. So Philadelphia at two. Number three, I have the Celtics, which is exactly where I had them coming into the season. I mean, they've just balled out. They're one of the deepest teams in the league right now. I mean, Drew Holiday fits in perfectly with their scheme. And, I mean, you look at the starting lineup. I mean, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis. And one of the best teams, though, is they have no injuries for any of their starters as well as their uh, bench players. So, I mean, they're one of the healthiest and one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Number four, I have the Cleveland – or, excuse me, it's not the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was reading a different list. I have the – Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks have been really good so far, 8-2 and two overall. Doncic and Irving, I'm not going to lie, I didn't think it would work that well coming into the season. I didn't even have them in my top 10, but Dillard's going to be proud of this one. Love you, Dillard. This one's for you. The Mavericks at four. I mean, yeah, like I said, Irving, Doncic, I mean, match made in heaven so far this season. Mavericks at four. Number five, a very big shocker, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony mm. De- Anthony Edwards, a.k.a. Yep. Michael Jordan's son, allegedly. I mean, this guy has been balling out this year. I mean, and, you know, the Timberwolves have just benefited so much from it. I mean, you look at Edwards' stats so far this year, 27.9 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, 5.3 assists, as well as 1.3 blocks per game. I mean, this guy's, you know, taking the team on his back and carrying them throughout the season. And we'll see how they do moving forward. 6-2 and two right now. I got the Timberwolves at five. Number six, another shocker. Now, this could be just a surprising start, although it, I feel better about this picks considering they got a win today. I got the Houston Rockets at number six. This is a very young team, so this is a very exciting, a very exciting uh, time. They actually beat the Nuggets today, one hundred seven to one hundred four. So you know, a big game between those two teams, and I got the Houston Rockets at number six. I mean. Jabari Smith Jr., obviously I'm an Auburn fan, so this is great to see. But Fred Van Fleet, shout out to him. He's come in and played really well, as well as Dylan Brooks. Now, Dylan Brooks, I'm not going to lie, I'm not the biggest Dylan Brooks fan. I think his shenanigans are kind of cringe, just to be honest. Uh, You know, him staring down the Lakers before the game. But he's backed it up, and he's played really good ball. And they've actually won. uh, They started out the season 0-3, but they won their last six games. So, I mean, they're not only the number six team right now, but they're the hottest team right now. Give me the Rockets at six. And then number seven, I have the Golden State Warriors. Pretty close to my preseason prediction. I had them at six. Um, the Warriors so far, I mean, six and four. They lost the game today. But I think the Warriors are just one of the best teams, uh, you know, this year. I mean, overall, just their entire team is deep. Um, I think they lack a little bit. Actually, they didn't lose today. Excuse me. They're playing the Timberwolves right now. And uh, as we speak, but they're about to lose. They're down 114 to 105 with 30 seconds to go. But, I mean, this team, I mean, obviously it's going to take some time to get it figured out. I mean, I think the Chris Paul thing, that thing's kind of still getting shored up a little bit. But you look at this team, I mean, when it's healthy, I mean, they have one of the deepest rosters. I mean, they have Jonathan Kaminga, who I think is one of the best young stars right now, one of the most underrated. Him coming off the bench has really benefited the Warriors. So give me the Warriors at 7 Number eight, I have another surprise, surprise team that I did not expect to be good at all this year, but they proved it with a couple of blowout wins. I got the Pacers at number eight right now. The Indiana Pacers have been so good. I mean, you know, their their entire team 
is great. I mean, you got Tyrese Halliburton, great point guard. You know, Benedict Matherin, who was a guy that actually he was expected not to start. He was expected that Buddy Heald would be the starting shooting guard this year. Uh, Benedict Matherin coming in as a second-year player and playing great, playing absolutely great basketball. And then Bruce Brown also, you know, getting traded from the Nuggets, really great player. Obi Toppin starting at power forward. I mean, this is also a young team, like I said, with the Rockets. And so this is very promising that they're third in the East right now and one of the best teams in the NBA. And then number nine, very disappointing so far, are the Milwaukee Bucks because I had them at number two coming into the season. Obviously, they're five and four right now. Um, not what you'd expect from a Damian Lillard and Greek Freak combo, but I mean, you know, they're still they're still very good. And obviously, the promise is there. I mean, you look at those two players. I mean, how could you not expect a lot of, out of this team? But I mean, all their wins have been close. All their wins have been single digit wins, and all their losses have been basically double digit losses. So I mean, this team is they haven't looked great. But they have the opportunity to be great. That's why I have them at number nine. And then number ten, I have the Miami Heat. I had them coming into the season at eight. So this is kind of similar to my prediction. But the Miami Heat, I mean, coming off of last year's run in the to the NBA championship, the NBA finals, um, you know, they they haven't lost a step. They've actually won five games in a row. So, I mean, one of the best teams right now, one of the hottest teams. And then you got, I mean, their team. Now, the Tyler Hero situation, Tyler Hero, obviously, with an injury. Um, you know, we'll see how long that sits him out for. Also, Kyle Lowry is day-to-day right now. Kayla Martin also out with injury. So, this is a injury-plagued team as well, but they're still doing what they're doing. Still doing it at a high level. So, I got the Heat at number 10. Now, Taylor, hit me with your top 10. I'm not going to lie. Ours are very similar, you know. Um, looking at the standings, there's a lot of teams that are around that six and four, six and three area, you know, uh, coming into 10 games in the season. But my top 10 is number one, the Denver Nuggets. Um, we heard Reese put Jokic in his top 10. I wouldn't go that far, but Jokic, best player in the NBA right now. I mean, single handedly, just absolutely dominant. He's like Wilt Chamberlain back in the 50s. Uh, yeah, give me the Nuggets at number one. And then I got the Celtics over the 76ers. I got this. I know in the records, you know, the 76ers are over the Celtics. I just believe in the Celtics roster more than the 76ers roster. Just more depth for the Celtics. They, the Celtics have just played really good teams, gotten heartbreaking losses so far. But number three, I have the 76ers. Uh, before this list, I was actually looking at an article, um, and it was like going on and on about how the James Harden trade you know, save the 76ers season. I mean, you look at it, it's just a lot of these superstar duos just don't work out. You need a superstar and you need role players, and that's exactly what the 76ers got going on right now. And then number four, who was not in my top 10 coming into the season, is the is the Dallas Mavericks. And number four, of course, Luka Doncic playing absolutely amazing, absolutely balling out. Like you said, shout out Dillard, the Mavericks fan. I mean, this team is just super dangerous, so much depth. You know, Tim Hardaway, Grant Williams, Derek Jones, Josh Green off the bench, Dwight Powell off the bench. I mean, even Seth Curry, you know, like the 11th man. Just a great team overall. Dallas Mavericks making their way to that number four spot. Uh, Number five, another team that I did not have in the top ten is the Minnesota Timberwolves, like you said. Shout out Mr. Brad if you're listening to this. Big Timberwolves guy, big Minnesota fan. You know, the Vikings, the Wild, the Timberwolves. But the Timberwolves, I mean, 
playing some great basketball right now in the Western Conference. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, you mentioned Anthony Edwards, absolutely playing amazing. Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns also in the paint doing their job. Rudy Gobert with 13 rebounds a game and two blocks per game doing his job and leading the Timberwolves to the number five spot. Number six, I actually have a team that you didn't say. I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. Who have, for how young of a team the Thunder are and how much, how many draft picks they have coming up, I mean, this Thunder team is absolutely dangerous, not just this season, but for years to come. SGA, of course, playing amazing. SGA averaging 28.8 points per game, 6.4 assists and two steals. And then Jalen Williams, the forward, with 16.4 points, doing everything, filling up the stat line just like Draymond Green. And then Chet Holmgren, rookie of the year with 7.8 rebounds and 2.3 blocks. After that heartbreaking injury last year in that scrimmage against LeBron, Chet Holmgren proven why he was a top two pick. Uh, and then number, excuse me, seven, I have the Golden State Warriors, my personal team. I had them higher, and then, you know, I saw that they were absolutely getting mollywopped by the Timberwolves, and I had switched them in the Timberwolves, actually. The Warriors just, you know, with that Chris Paul situation, it goes back to the superstars. I mean, it, 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 it usually does not work, you know. Uh, but like you said, the Warriors so much depth on the bench. Gary Payton the third, uh, excuse me, a man or not? No, shoot, sorry, I'm stumbling on my words here. <laughs> you know, Moody, number four Moody coming off the bench. Great role players on that team, and then of course you got I'm not going to say his nickname, Jonathan Kaminga coming off the bench <laughs> as well. Great young player. Number eight, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Disappointing me with that Lillard and uh, Giannis duo. Again, another case of two superstars trying to make it work, and it's just not working over there in Milwaukee. Something's got to change with the scheme, but they're still a really good team and probably going to do very good in the playoffs. And number nine, I, I agree with you with the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton absolutely balling out right now for the Pacers. No one expected this Pacers team to be good. Coming into the season, their power ranking was about 25, and yeah. they're 6-4 and four and first in their division, playing absolutely great ball, just lost to the 76ers, unfortunately. <coughs> but, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm actually going to say a name that you didn't say for the Pacers. Miles Turner with 17.6 points and 8.2 rebounds, doing his job in the paint. Miles Turner, great player. You know, had that rough start in his career, but really proven why he's a top player for the Pacers on a top team. And then the surprise team of the year, the Houston Rockets playing absolutely amazing. Super young team, super bright future. I mean, not just bright future, bright season ahead of them. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr., you know, leading the pack. I mean, really for the Rockets, you look at their team and it's like, there's no, like, a absolute superstars, I would say. It's just role players doing what they do best with the scheme working. And, I mean, Jalen Green for the – Jalen Green and Alfred Sengun absolutely balling out for the Rockets, I mean, great roster overall. Dylan Brooks, like you said, Fred Benfleet, the whole team, the whole starting five is just sharing the ball, sharing the rock, and getting the job done. But that's my top ten, and now we're going to move to everyone's favorite segment. We're mm -hmm. going to see the records that we had two weeks ago, and, I mean, let's just move to prize picks. Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. it's time for Max's Prize Picks. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. I'll go ahead and tell you the standings coming into this week. Actually, you know, that prize picks that we did two weeks ago, I mean, it really got me up there. 
Um, I finished first in that week. I was 6-0. and I was undefeated. And I'll go ahead and uh, remind you all of the slate that week. It was Oregon at Utah. Oregon won. Jags at Steelers. Jags won. Browns at Seahawks. The Seahawks won. Bengals at the Niners. The Niners, or excuse me, the Bengals got the upset on the road. Lakers at Nuggets. The Nuggets won. Then Suns at Warriors. The Suns came home victorious. So I went 6-0. and uh, Reese actually finished second at, with 4-2. and um, with his two wrong ones being the uh, Bengals 49ers, he picked the Niners, and then Suns Warriors, he picked the Warriors. And then Taylor, you were kind of you were kind of off your game that week. You finished three and three. Um, you know, you took a risk with the Browns at the Seahawks, um, and then you also got the 49ers Bengals wrong one wrong as well as the Suns at Warriors. So um, the current overall standings. Taylor, I'm only a game behind you, actually. Technically two, um, because I need you to lose one and then I need to win one. But you're forty four and thirty-four. I'm forty-three and thirty-five. And then Reese is thirty-nine and thirty-nine. Kind of behind the pack, but hey, we got a long season ahead. But like I said, these are gonna just be some of the biggest games of the week. Honestly, I mean, if you like betting out there, I mean take some of our take some of our advice on some of these games that we're gonna be picking. But we're going to go ahead and I'm trying to switch it up. We're going to do college basketball. We have two big matchups on Tuesday for college basketball. And then we're going to do one huge matchup on Wednesday for NBA. Then uh, the biggest matchup for college football next week, no doubt, uh, at, for college football. And then two huge matchups in the AFC North for NFL. Let's go ahead and get started with college basketball, the State Farm Champions Classic. There's two games Ooh, taking place on Tuesday night. One. Yes, there's two games taking place. On Tuesday night, and the first one is number two Duke. As it stands, the AP poll right now, pretty sure the AP poll for college basketball comes out Monday night, and so this will probably change because Michigan State had one of the biggest upsets that we'll probably see all season. James Madison beating him in overtime uh, in Michigan State's arena, but we got a neutral court here for the State Farm Championship Classic, and it's the number two Duke Blue Devils versus the number four Michigan State Spartans. Both these teams are actually one and one. Duke with a tough loss at home, actually. not That doesn't happen a lot in their home coliseum, but they lost to Arizona. Arizona, great because team. Because Caleb, Caleb Love owns yes. them. Yes, Caleb Love is a very good player. I mean, he was just misused at North Carolina, but now we'll get a chance to shine at Arizona. So, But both these teams are one and one overall. Um, Duke is – actually, they don't have lines for this game. That's very interesting because I'm looking at it right now on ESPN as we speak, and there's no lines for the game. So I guess we'll just pick it straight up, who we think is going to win. Right now, the matchup predictor, according to ESPN Analytics, has Duke with a 61.9% chance to win this game. Some players to watch out for are Kyle Filipowski for the Duke Blue Devils. He's averaging 25 points per game and 7.5 rebounds per game. And then for uh, – Michigan State, it's all about their point guard, Tyson Walker, who is averaging 24.5 points per game, along with uh, 55.4 field goal percentage shooting. So who do you got between, or I'll actually say who I got between the Blue Devils and the Spartans first. I'm going to go with the Blue Devils to win this one here, bounce back from the Arizona loss. This Michigan State team, I mean, obviously they got the pieces. I mean, you know, coming into the season, they weren't ranked number four for no reason. I mean, Tyson Walker is a stud at uh, point guard, definitely going to be playing in the league probably next year. But, I mean, I feel like this Duke team is just so good. Tyrese Proctor, Kyle Filipowski, the whole bunch. I feel like um, Duke's going to get this win. And I'm going to say the final score for this game is going to be very similar to that Duke-Arizona game. I'm going to say it's a little bit actually lower scoring than that game. I'm going to say Duke 71, 
Michigan State 64. Duke wins this one by seven. I'm going to have to agree with you, Max. You know, Michigan State with that James Madison loss. I mean, absolutely just a knife in the heart coming into this season so highly ranked. And Duke, you know, Caleb Love absolutely owns Duke. I actually expected them to lose to Arizona. But Duke, just an overall more depth team. You know, you, you can talk about Philip Galaxy all you want. But how about Jared McCain, you know, the TikTok star, the dancer online. You see him everywhere. Uh, actually played really good for the Blue Devils. Um, he leads the team in steals, you know, defensive warrior. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Blue Devils, you know, Jeremy Roach, Jeremy McCain, Tyrese Proctor. I mean, this, this whole bunch, uh, all of them highly recruited players, great center play, great, you know, front court. I'm going to have to go with the Blue Devils here. Yeah, I mean, Duke's probably going to win this one, but we'll see. Both these teams should have really promising seasons upcoming up ahead of them. And next, we're going to pick the game that's second in that night. It's set to have an 8.30 p.m. tip, but that could obviously be moved because they're going to be playing in the same venue on the same night uh, for the State Farm Champions Classic. And this one's between the number one Kansas Jayhawks, who are 2-0 and and have absolutely been put in the business on their last two opponents, scoring 99 points in their last two games, winning by 30-plus in both of those games, almost 40 uh, in both of them. Uh, and then they're going up against this Kentucky team, a very young but very promising Kentucky team, number 16 overall. They're 2-0. They've got wins so far over Texas A&M, CC, and New Mexico State. They beat New Mexico State. I thought uh, that might be a close game because New Mexico State has been a decent team when it comes to the court recently, but they won 86-46. to I mean, Kentucky's known to drop an early one at home recently, but they did not there. And so this Kentucky team playing really good ball. But this Kansas team, I mean, my goodness, they are so good. I mean, you got Hunter Dickinson, obviously the All-American transfer from Michigan. You also got, you know, Kevin McCuller, uh, who played a little bit of ball at Texas Tech two years ago, transferred over here, played good last year, has gotten a bigger role this year. K.J. Adams as well. And then one of my personal favorite players, Dewan Harris Jr., who won't really load it up uh, from the point standard, but he's – you know, one of the best assist leaders. He's averaging 7.5 assists per game. Only one point per game, but he's one of those unselfish players. I mean, but this Kentucky team also really good. Antonio Reeves, DJ Wagner. I mean, you know, one of the best recruiting classes this year. They always have one. I'm going to go with the Jayhawks, though, to win this one. Right now, as uh, ESPN Analytics has it, Kansas with a 74.7% chance to win this game. I agree with it. I say the Jayhawks win this one. I do think it's really close, though. Uh, I think this one is actually a shootout. I'm going to say this one's high scoring, and I'm going to say Kansas wins this one 85-81 to 81 in a shootout between these two top teams. All right, uh, you know, with Max coming back, um, I, you know, I got, I got to try to flip the script a little bit. Mm. I'm going to go with the Kentucky Wildcats. You know, Kansas, uh, number one team, absolutely insane roster. But this Kentucky team likes to play fast and you'll see with this kansas team you know they love to give the ball to hunter dickinson down in the paint love to play a slow ball lineup but this kentucky team loves to get out and will have too much speed for the jayhawks and rob dillingham you know there's five different players on the wildcat roster that have averaged more than 12 points overall just great roster led by dj wagner with assists and antonio reeves and points uh, I'm just going to have to go the Wildcats here because I know they love to play fast. They they love to get out on fast breaks. 
and the Kansas Jayhawks will lose to the Kentucky Wildcats wow. in the Legends in the State Farm Classic. Wow. Hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I can't wait to watch that one. Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Mark your calendars. And now we're going to move to NBA the next day, uh, Wednesday night, ESPN, 6.30 p.m. I can't wait for this matchup. Both of these both of these two teams in the top five of our top tens. And it's the Celtics who are 7-2 overall and 3-2 and in playing away games. They're going on the road to the 76ers who are 8-1 and overall and 6 and Six and zero when playing at home. Um, right now, the line is once again. There's no lines for this game. Um, I'm looking on ESPN, so don't blame me. It's ESPN's fault. Um, according to ESPN analytics, though, it has the Celtics with a 55.9 percent chance to win this game. Um, a notable injury uh, coming into this game is Kelly Oubre Jr. Obviously, prayers out to him and his family as he suffered a fractured rib after being struck by a car on Saturday. Um, you know, but this 76ers team is still really good. De'Anthony Melton has come in for him and has played pretty solid. Um, but I'm going to actually agree with ESPN on this one. This Celtics team is just so solid, and they don't have any injuries right now. Jason Tatum playing his best ball right now that we've seen. And, I mean, this this Celtics team is going to get it done on the road here, I believe. I believe it would be a close game, though, and I believe this is going to be a must-watch. Right now it says tickets as low as 32 bucks. I would honestly, if I lived in Philadelphia, I would take it right now, go on to Vivid Seats, and buy me a seat to watch this great game. I'm going to say the Celtics, though, win it on the road. I'm going to say 111 to 103, they win it at Philadelphia in the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, I, I agree with you, not about your pick, but about this game being an absolute joy to watch. You know, these two teams actually played a few games ago, and the 76ers won by three at home. And I think they do it again. I don't know about you, but I'm just a huge Joel Embiid fan. Second in the league in points per game under, of course, Luka Doncic. The 76ers team with so much depth. Love to play slow, you know, compared to the star-studded, like, full roster of the Celtics. Yeah, Joel Embiid leading in almost every single stat. And then you got Tyrese Maxey off the bench, or excuse me, at, at the point guard position, averaging 25 points per game. Kelly Oubre is a big loss for the 76ers team. He was actually averaging 20 points a game and uh, two assists and six rebounds, or five rebounds and uh, one assist, excuse me. So I, I, I just got to go to the 76ers. Um, I, just, I just believe. I've been to Philadelphia. You know, the fans will show up. Uh, every single team in Philadelphia is scary to go to as an opposing fan, and especially for the Celtics. So give me the 76ers winning this game. Uh, 105 to 101. Ooh, close game. We both have it being a close game. It should be one Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Like I said, mark your calendars, set your alarms for that game. And now we move to college football on Saturday on what I thought should have been college game day. Um, but, you know, they chose to go with James Madison, who obviously shout out James Madison. I mean, they're 10-0 and right now. Obviously, they deserve to, you know, be in a bowl game and, you know, have a chance at their Sun Belt Championship. Now, obviously, they have an ongoing thing with NCAA for that. But this game is huge for both of these teams, actually. It's number five, Washington, as it stands right now in the new AP poll. Number five, Washington, going to number 10, Oregon State. I mean, this Oregon State team, I mean, they're 8-2. and two, But, I mean, you see who they lost to. They lost to Arizona, and they lost to uh, Washington State. 
Um, Arizona still has a very, very slim chance. This Oregon State team, now I know it's a long shot, but just based off the facts on their next two games, I mean, they just have a straight shot uh, if the, to go to the Pac-12 championship if they win these next two games. They got Washington at home, and then they got to go to Oregon in Odson Stadium. But that'll be a tough L. one. But if they somehow win it, if they somehow win it, I'm not saying they win it by any means, but if they did, they have a chance. So coming into this game, they have a lot to play for. They're going to be ready for this game. Currently, the line stands at Washington minus one. So, I mean, this is really just a coin flip game. Over under 63 and a half, and the ESPN analytics give Washington a 52.5% edge in this game. But I'm going to go with the Beavers at home to beat this Washington Huskies team. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, they haven't had a game that wasn't within one score, or excuse me, wasn't uh, outside of 10 points uh, since the Cal game in week four. So, I mean... I got Oregon State finally beating this Washington team whose luck just runs out. I mean, they win barely against Utah. Uh, USC, they win by 10, but, you know, USC had a couple mistakes. Barely beat Stanford, barely beat Arizona State, and then obviously Oregon missed the kick uh, to lose that game. So I say Oregon State wins this one at home. Obviously, they're going to be packed out. This is the biggest game for any Oregon State team in you know recent memory. And so give me Oregon State winning this one. I actually think it's going to be a low-scoring game, similar to that Washington-Arizona State team. I think Michael Penix will throw maybe one or two picks. And I think DJU will have the best game of his college career. So give me Oregon State winning this one 24-17 over Washington at home. And, yeah, go Beavers. Hey y'all! Y'all all know as an Oregon fan, I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, <laughs> yes, I even do. though I I hate Oregon State with a passion, I hate Washington even more. You know, just absolutely ru- not ruining, but just I mean, killing the hearts of every single Oregon fan around. Um, but you you will see with this Oregon State team, they love to pound the ball. They love running the ball. They love. Play action short passes to their tight end. Their tight end actually has eight touchdowns on the season, more than any single one of their receivers or any single one of their running backs. DJU with six rushing touchdowns and 20 passing touchdowns, 12 touchdowns for the two running backs out of the backfield. This Oregon State team is too physical for this Washington team. And Washington, with one of the hardest schedules in college football, will slip up and lose to the Beavers in Corvallis, Oregon at Beaver Stadium. They will lose 28-24. to 24. Yeah. Hey, that got, that game is set for a 6.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday on ABC. Be sure to get ready for that one. Should be a great one in Corvallis. And now we go to the NFL for two AFC North games that should both be really good. Obviously, the AFC North, one of the best stories in the NFL right now. All of these teams set to have a playoff spot if the season ended right now. Um, but we're going to go and get started with Sunday night or Thursday night, excuse me, Thursday night football in probably the best Thursday night football game all year since the Lions-Chiefs game, in my opinion. Bengals at the Ravens. The Bengals team, they're 5-4 and four overall and 2-2 two and two when playing on the road. Lost a heartbreaker to the Texans. The Texans, a team that's really on fire recently. But right after the Bengals, you know, just beat the Bills and just beat the 49ers. I mean, you thought that they'd come in and win that game, but ended up losing it. But they're going to look to bounce back against the Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens also lost. They're now 7-3 and three 
after their tough loss to the Browns, after they were up by 21 points, they let the Browns come back after a couple of turnovers. The Ravens are 7-3 overall and 3-2, and one playing at home in Baltimore. According to ESPN Analytics, they give uh, the Ravens a 65.6% edge in this game. And according to Vegas, the line for this game is Baltimore minus 3.5, over-under is 45.5. And, and I'm not going to lie, I think that this Ravens team, they had a great run, you know, those couple of weeks. I honestly, you know, and I, I think you can agree with me on this. Coming into the season, didn't really believe in this Ravens team. I mean, Lamar Jackson had kind of been slipping the last couple of seasons. Has really worked his way back into that, you know, possible MVP conversation recently. But I feel like this Bagels team, I feel like that Texans game was a game they could have won, the game they should have won. But I feel like Jamar Chase has three touchdowns this, in this game. Joe Burrow has a night. And I feel like this overall just better Bengals team wins on the road against the Ravens. Give me this one. I think this is actually going to be a shootout uh, in this one in Baltimore Stadium. Give me the Bengals winning this one, 31-27. to 27. Good pick, Max. I, I, I do agree this game. I mean, Al Michaels and Kirk Street had to go through torture when they watched the yeah. Panthers at the Bears. Um, but – I will say with the Bengals, Sam Hubbard and T. Higgins are both inactive for this game. Um, I mean, I, I, I think they're questionable for this game, so we'll see about that. But I do agree with you. This Bengals team is just way better. You know, such high expectations coming into the season, and they just have they had those few weeks where they just kept losing, kept losing, could not find an answer on offense. And then they beat the 49ers, and they're on a roll right now. Give me the Bengals winning 31-24. Joe Burrow has himself a game with three passing touchdowns. Joe Mixon has his respective touchdown. This Ravens team just plays way too slow, and the speed of the Bengals and the pace that the Bengals play at will be too much for this big Ravens defense. But Kyle Hamilton on the Ravens, absolute dog. We'll have a huge game, but the Bengals come away with a win. Good pick there, Taylor. Like I said, that game is going to be set to kick off at 7.15 p.m. on Thursday night on Prime Video. So be sure you all download Prime right now. Get ready for what should be a great matchup on Thursday Night Football. And now, for the last pick of prize picks, um, we got another AFC North matchup. And this one is always a great one. Always just a dogfight, you know. And it's going to be between the Pittsburgh Steelers for 6-3 and three overall after that tough, gritty win over the Packers today. Um, when we're recording this on Sunday. And they're 2-1 and one when playing away games versus the Browns, who got possibly an even tougher and even grittier win over the Ravens on the road. They're 6-3 and three overall and 4-1 and one when playing at home. The Browns are currently favored by 57.4%, according to ESPN Analytics. And to Vegas, they're favored minus 3.5 uh, going into this game. And then the over-under is 38.5%. This game is expected to be a dogfight, according to Vegas, and I honestly don't disagree with them. And I'm actually I'm going to go with the Browns winning at home here. I'm going to go with the Browns pleasing the fans. I mean, they showed that they have a lot of heart, that they don't quit, and that they want this season to be a good season. Deshaun Watson really came through uh, late in that game against the Ravens, a game that going into it, not a lot of people thought they would pull out and get the victory, and then you know, after the second quarter going into halftime, nobody expected them to come back and win that game. They they did. They came back and won that game. And so give me the Browns at home, b- 
beating the Steelers. I feel like there might be one or two fights in this game. Obviously, both these teams a lot to play for, and obviously a lot of bad blood between these two rivals. So give me the Browns winning this one, 27-16. And the Browns pull away late, and the Steelers uh, have a couple of red zone appearances, but they end up in field goals, possibly uh, you know, uh, Miles Garrett helmet swing in this matchup. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Browns winning this one, 27-16 at home and beating the Steelers. Uh, I have um, family fr- – my uncle has family friends that live in Cleveland. And when Pittsburgh comes to town, the whole city of Cleveland, I mean, throws bottles at Steelers fans. I mean, it's yeah. a rivalry. You see it every single year. But this Pittsburgh team is so, so fraudulent, Max. Yeah. Only scored 156 points on the season and have allowed 182. I will say the Steelers' defense is very good, but Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, is the worst OC in the NFL. Kenny Pickett is not a good quarterback. I remember for Thursday Night Football when they played the Titans, me and you were at B-dubs, and I said, Kenny Pickett is the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I will stand by that until the day I die. The Browns will absolutely dominate the Steelers. 31-3. Deshaun Watson will have three touchdowns. Jerome Form will dominate. Denzel Ward and Juan Thornhill will come back and lead this stellar Browns defense who have only allowed 170 points all season. Give me the Browns taking another AFC North dub and moving into first place Ooh. in the AFC North. Yeah, I know that's right. Also, I'm also kind of mad at the Steelers. They only gave it to my boy Deontay Johnson after I just got him from you. They only gave it to him one time that entire game. Uh, you know, just disgraceful. But anyways, uh, that's going to do it for prize picks. And right before we go, we're going to go and get some quick live reactions. Um, first off, the Browns-Steelers game is set for a 12 p.m. kickoff on CBS be sure y'all tune in to CBS to watch that dogfight uh, in Cleveland. But some quick live reactions before we go. The Jets losing on the road to the Raiders Sunday night football. Uh, you know, the Jets getting another primetime game because early on, you know, before the NFL season, before they made their schedule, they expected Aaron Rodgers to play. So they scheduled a lot of primetime games. This Jets team is, you know, not who they were expected to be with Aaron Rodgers. They have Zach Wilson at quarterback. Zach Wilson, 263 pass yards, one interception. Aiden O'Connell has come in and hasn't played terrible, hasn't messed it up, um, you know, hasn't done what Jimmy Garoppolo's done and thrown for 43 total yards in the game. Uh, has passed it to Devontae Adams. Adams with 86 yards this game. And also Josh Jacobs proving why he was the rushing yards leader last year, 116 yards on the ground. Um, the Raiders moved to 5-5 five and five overall, and the Jets moved to 4-5. and five Overall, the Raiders with a big matchup next week. Now, um, at the Dolphins, you know, that's going to be a tough one on the road. While the Jets have to go and face the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they have to go to Buffalo, so that's going to be a tough one. What is your take on this game, the Raiders moving to 5-5 five and five and the Jets moving to 4-5? and five? I mean, props to the Raiders. Firing your head coach and offensive coordinator, not an easy task to, uh, to win, but they beat a very decent Jets team that actually beat the Eagles. And now Antonio Pierce, the former NFL football player, is now 2-0 and with the Raiders in this defensive battle. Max, I, I know the, Ra- the Raiders are not that good, but this Raiders defense is, top, is easily 
top five in the NFL. This Raiders 100%. defense absolutely insane, led by Max Crosby, who had a huge game today. And, yes, Josh Jacobs finally proved why he's getting paid all that money. Yeah, I mean, you talk about having a big game today. I mean, Max Crosby today, um, trying to find his stats right now, actually. He had three tackles today um, and had a sack, had also a couple QB hurries. So, I mean, Max Crosby, yeah, once again, playing lights out. And then the Jets, are the Jets done? Are they done? Are the Jets done? You know, Aaron Rodgers – Rumored to come back by the end of the season, about week 16, I thought, week 16, week 17. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because the Jets have no playoff hopes at this point. I mean, four and five season, very tough schedule coming up at the Bills, uh, against the Dolphins, against the Texans, at the Dolphins, at the Browns. The Jets season is over. Sorry, Robert Sala, you're a really good coach. You just had unfortunate circumstances. And with Zach Wilson at starting QB, and as we see Devontae Adams on the live stream, absolutely dancing because he finally caught a ball. I mean, this <laughs> Jets team, I mean, the the hope is out the window. Hope In their division as well, it's, it's just over. Yeah, I mean, I didn't notice that schedule is that brutal. I mean, if I were odds maker, I don't even see them winning one of those games just by, based on pure paper stats. Uh, but then as for the Raiders, you know, 5-5, five and five, uh, second actually now in their division behind the Chiefs. Um, do they have a path to the playoffs? I mean, very tough schedule coming up ahead. They got at the Dolphins next weekend. Then they got at home against the Chiefs. At, they get a bye week after that, and then they get at home against the Vikings, at home against the Chargers, both winnable games in my opinion. And then they have to go back to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Then to the Colts, and then at home against the Broncos, both also, to me, winnable games. Do they have a path to the playoffs, possibly a wild card spot? I mean, you know, the Raiders with a very, very tough road to the playoffs, very tough schedule, uh, tied actually just outside the playoffs. If if they can win the right games against – if they can beat the Chiefs one of the two times, uh, I, do, I, I do see this Raiders team maybe sneaking into the playoffs. You know, it might be the same case as last year where it might come down to the last game on Sunday night football the day before the playoffs – or excuse me, a week before the playoffs. But with this schedule, it's a long shot, but they could easily do it led by Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, what a story that would be, bringing in the rookie QB to start and then obviously bringing in Coach Pierce to be the interim interim coach, interim head coach, and then if he's able to pull that off, get them to the playoffs, I mean, he could possibly change that from interim head coach to full-time head coach. But that's going to do it for Tiger's Den Episode 10. We hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, we hope to see y'all next week. We hope to see y'all listening. Uh, but be sure if you're listening on Spotify, Apple music, be sure you rate us five stars. If you're listening to us on the YouTube, uh, on the YouTube video, be sure to leave a like comment down below any sports takes, any sports discussions, any sports in general that you want us to talk about in the future, but that's going to do it from the Tigers Den. Hey Max, before we go, I want to say, if you want to reach out to us in our fan mail, I mean, I've heard – I mean, I think it would be cool if we had some special guests every now and then. If we had a fan that wanted to be on the show, you know, join for the prize picks, pick with us, give us their takes. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. Absolute great idea. I love that idea from you, Taylor. So, yeah, so our fan mail, I mean, I think it works. I'm just going to be 100% honest with you all. I mean, me and my head CTSO, our head CTSO, Dillard, have been working through it. But right now I think it's AHS Mass Media at Auburn Schools. Dot com, or if you know one of us at school, because I know this is a 
school organization run podcast. I mean, just talk to us and say, hey, I want to be on the show, and we could get you on as a special guest for the prize pick segment. But once again, that's going to do it for the Tiger's End. And with that, we're saying see ya. Peace. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central. Also be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Callers, where we interview a coach from Auburn High School football. Be sure to check out those episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.